Hey there, hope you're doing well. In this podcast, let's talk about PowerSync. This is a, uh, I just got off a call with the team at PowerSync and I had a very interesting conversation. So I figured I'll just document my initial thoughts before I start uh, looking this up. Um, so essentially, to give you an idea of what, I mean, I only know, I've, my knowledge of PowerSync is 60 minutes. Uh, my experience is 60, 60 minutes uh, long, if you will. So take it with a grain of salt and check out their documentation for the actual truth or uh, whatever is the accurate uh, data but i'm just going to give you my two cents of what i've learned so far let's start with what it is about uh let's see i think there is a diagram that i saw somewhere here that actually might be a good place to start uh let me actually i, I should have had this before i hit record uh but you know i don't particularly come super prepared or prepared at all to these conversations or to these uh, podcasts okay here it is right um, so we have a mobile app and a web app and uh, we launched our API uh, uh, a week ago, right? So do check out, go to developers.snowball.com to check out our product uh, and to snowball.com to check out the web offering, right? And you can download our app from the Play stores and the Apple stores. With that, <laughs> with that marketing out, out there, let's get to the actual topic. Uh, we, uh, we've implemented caching uh, natively, right? It's homegrown caching on our mobile app. Uh, similarly homegrown on the web app as well they are very different from each other but we try to look for caching offerings uh, we didn't find one that necessarily fit our bill uh, uh, from from a requirement standpoint and from a cost standpoint as well so we ended up implementing it ourselves and it works just fine but with that said uh, we truly believe in not reinventing the wheel so if we can leverage something else that's there that uh, that will save us time we are generally up for it uh, all the time so PowerSync is, is a, a utility is in a, that you can use. It's a service that is going to sync data between your uh, you know uh, database and your clients. Whether it's like you know uh, mobile apps or iPad or you know tablets or com- uh, actual computer, uh, any client, as I understand it, is going to ha- help you sync the data between the two. Thing is, for starters, it does not support NoSQL. Uh, we are heavily Mongo based, right? But with that said, as we're building new microservices, no SQL, uh, uh, SQL databases are certainly in the mix for depending on the type of problem. So Postgres slash MySQL. I used to like MySQL a lot more in the past, but off late, actually with Postgres's support for JSON and whatnot, uh, my loyalties may have shifted. Uh, so Postgres is certainly in the mix. So if you're in SQL database shop, then this is something probably you would certainly want to you know at least give it a look and see if it's going to help us all your problems right i haven't checked this out i'm going to take a look at it probably later this week or next week to see where how it can help us if we end up porting some of our data over from NoSQL to sql which given the charts the number of charts we have and the complexity in building and maintaining those charts is one area that we would probably consider porting uh, to sql maybe right and if we did that a tool like this could perhaps come in handy right um, so there's two steps two hops for us one is getting our data from where it is at to sql and then leveraging a, a service such as this so let's look at this uh, this architecture this diagram really quickly uh, again a lot of it is, is uh, partly my understanding from what i've learned and other parts is me assuming without having done any reading whatsoever right so definitely do take it with a grain of salt uh, so you have the SQL database here and, and then you have your user devices, right? And then you have your backend application, whatever your app is, right? It doesn't matter. So they provide an SDK and I have to believe that that SDK 
uh, is is like sort of they have SDKs for different languages. I've, I've got to kind of see here. I don't know that for certain. So let's actually see PowerSync. Let me not lose the screen. Let's look at that momentarily. So in, in a bit, right? But uh, but there is going to be an SDK that you leverage to to maintaining this bi-directional sync between your client and the database and, and vice versa, right? So when you make some changes, it's going to sync to the with the backend. And if something would have changed on the backend through some other means, it's going to sync with your client. And it sounds to me like they could be they would be using something like WebSockets or so, along those lines to doing this real time sync. Uh, I don't know if that's the case, but I would wager that it's. It's either that or something along those lines. Uh, now, in terms of how they do the actual sync, apparently there's something, I believe there is like a write log. I don't know the internals of, of Postgres. Uh, maybe different databases do it slightly differently. So here is what it is, right? You define a set of rules uh, and then you the sync happens respecting those rules that you define. Now, the rule perhaps can be as simple as, hey, here is my table, here are my tables, here is my schema. It's got 100 tables, but I'm only interested in these 10 tables and I'm only interested in a certain subset of the columns in those 10 tables and the sync happens, you know, for that subset of the data. Or you could have very basic rules and you could say sync all of these tables, uh, all my tables, all my columns or all of a subset of the tables, but all of the columns in those tables, right? How you define those rules obviously is entirely up to you, but you want to keep in mind, you know, if you're thinking like I did at the top of that call, which is be lazy and, and not define very complex rules and sync more than you want to, which might be easier to implement, but it's going to cost you more because the the way you pay for this is based on the number of active monthly active users and the amount of data, right? Per monthly active user. So the more sync that needs to happen per user, the more you're going to end up paying, which doesn't make sense. So you're going to have to spend time writing complex enough rules i say complex but it may not be complex it may be straightforward enough to write those rules but whatever it is right you want to write enough of those rules so you don't end up paying a lot more for the data sync uh, if, if money the, you know saving costs is, is, is actually something matters to you okay so back to this right and um, and again i'm not going through it in a very typical fashion like i do in all my podcasts i'm just jumping hoops here uh, how do they connect to your backend is through uh, you know that says here right retrieving a JW a JSON web token so if you're using a mobile app like our Snowpad app is built on Flutter we use JWT for exchanges so it's probably going to be uh, quite easy for us to leverage this but also uh, one a caveat to note here is uh, it you I think this whole thing comes into play after the JWT token is established which means you need to have an active session so if you have an app or you have a web app or a mobile app that actually uh, the, where a lot of the pages are public outside the scope of a session i don't know how this might work it sounds to me like this will come into play only at the point of an established se user session right that's at least what i'm taking away at this point tell me if you learn otherwise uh, but in our case we this is fine because we don't uh, you know 99% uh, 99.99% uh, 99 of what you can do on our web and mobile apps is after you actually sign in right so that doesn't so it, it, it's totally fine with us but if you're a system that actually supports a lot of the features uh, before the user actually signs in then you have to see how this actually can help you or if it can help you at all right so it works off of this JWT tokens and then the data, the sync rules I mentioned here, right? So if you look at the diagram below here, it says database creates a change log, PowerSync reads the log and populates the tables honoring those sync rules. And these change logs are probably database specific. 
Uh, I'm sure all of them support it, but how they do it and how this integration works, because I presume it, it sounds to me like we, you have to do a little bit of work before to sort of get this up and running. And that work could be database specific, right? Uh, it could be slightly different between MySQL or SQL or Postgres or whatnot, I'm assuming. Uh, and then there's a power sync services connects to a SQL to read the schema and data from the sync tables. So you're going to define these sync rules. And these, as it sounds to me, are, are actual database queries, right? So it, it doesn't appear to me that they are, uh, that's a separate DSL, like a power sync DSL that these, these rules have to be written on. It, it might very well be like SQL, like general, uh, regular SQL, right? Like ANSI SQL or whatnot. So maybe that is, if that is the case, there's not, uh, there's no learning there if you have to do that. If there is DSL, which I don't believe is the case, then it could be a little bit different. Uh, so, and then the developer includes the PowerSync SDK in the app project. And again, they probably, uh, we have to see what kind of SDKs they support. Uh, it certainly sounds to me like I have one for Flutter. Ours is a Flutter app. And it's also sounded to me like there's probably one for React. Uh, you know, um, so maybe there's a TypeScript SDK as well. Um, maybe they have other SDKs too. Uh, there's an in-app SQLite database is automatically kept in sync with backend SQL. So right now, the current Snowpal's uh, Flutter architecture, we have homegrown caching that we implemented ourselves. Uh, we use SQLite to, to facilitating a lot of this caching, right? Uh, but again, if you use something like this, then maybe we may not have or may not need to use all of our caching or, or we use to the point we have it, we don't have to spend more energy implementing it or, or whatever, right? You get the idea. Uh, if, if you don't have a caching tier like we do, you probably benefit from this already more than what we might, right? Um, so there's this PowerSync SDK and writes are sent to your backend app essentially, right? So it's, it's bi-directional, changes happen on both sides. And then I saw the demo, uh, the demo is obviously going to be simple enough, but regardless, the changes were made on the Postgres DB and then they reflected immediately on the client uh, and, and vice versa, so that, that was pretty cool. Uh, as I you know, explore this more, I'm going to check out these rules, the data rules, how easy it is to write these rules and how much time it takes us to actually absorb that into the mix. And obviously we have this other puzzle where we have to port our data from NoSQL for the chart. So when, I get, when we get around to doing this, I'm going to take one chart uh, and sort of take the data, sort of even mimic the data, not port the data, just recreate the data in SQL, just a subset of data of that data to see how it goes essentially, right? Um, so that's what it is, right? So you write these data sync rules. Uh, you So if you have a SQL database, whether it's Postgres or MySQL, and you have a Flutter app or a React app, web app, it doesn't matter what you have, and you want this data to be synced real time, going through your existing system, like through your existing tiers, but uh, how it sits within your application, I'm kind of curious, I don't know it yet. Because you, when you want to integrate this SDK, you don't want to touch a lot of existing code. Not much, right? It should sit sort of, it's, it's almost like using uh, aspects in programming, right? It should be orthogonal to your actual code, but it should, it should still provide that value. That way you don't have to do a lot of this regression testing and whatnot. It sounds to me like it could very well be that. Uh, so if that is the case, uh, you can benef benefit from a lot of this data syncing between you know your DB and your client. Uh, which which takes care of uh, a lot of the performance issues that you might run into or you may have to solve. Uh, and one more thing that I forgot to mention all along is uh, offline data sync, right? So let's say you're 
you you know your your app is offline or you're in a place where you know you don't have great connectivity or whatnot right so you're making changes locally on your on your app or uh, you know on your phone and then when when you go to an area where there is better connectivity or it starts syncing then the syncing happens uh, i think the default rule is let's say if uh, you know it took 30 minutes for me to come back online and i made a bunch of changes in the meantime it's going to override any other changes that happened in the system right so if you had made some changes 30 25 minutes ago my changes are going to take precedence which may or may not be accurate but as i as i'm understanding that there that is a default behavior which which will may or may not work for a lot of us uh, but there's a way to override the behavior to say that what takes precedence and i would imagine that you do it based on your own rules in our case our rules could be quite simple hey you know what we're just going to go with when the data change was actually made on the client right it doesn't matter that i was offline if i made the data change t plus t minus seven minutes ago and if your change was t minus uh, t is the current time t minus 20 minutes i think it, in our case we would want for that respect that time right so it's not so much that i was it doesn't matter that i was offline but if i were not off, offline when did i actually make that change right that's the exact uh, time that it should respect so if that change is made earlier or later than when you made the change then your change should take precedence before mine takes precedence right that's how we would want our rules to be implemented so i haven't checked out the document again i'm really fresh i haven't looked at the product uh, but you know just by, by having this conversation i feel you know sometimes you go with your hunch i feel like uh, you know it looks like a pretty good company with, with smart people so it's certainly worth taking a look and i'm going to do that this and, and this architecture i believe the the actual jdk that uh, we were seeing here uh, uh not jdk sorry sdk uh, this happens uh, via rest and maybe you have to implement a couple of endpoints to facilitate this i would imagine uh, but that apart i was i'm told that we should be able to get this up and running in, in a few minutes so and I have no reasons to believe that it's not actually the case. So uh, I will share more feedback as I learn more about it. But I just want to get my initial thoughts. If you want to do data sync, offline data sync between your mobile, web and other clients, iPad uh, devices to your system and you're on SQL, uh, here is a tool that you you want to probably take a look at. Let's Before I end this video, let's take a look at the... Oh, they have a dot. Okay okay cool uh so this is the the power sync uh, uh sdk for dart uh, i'm pretty sure uh they probably have let's see power sync sdk for react let's go to github and see i don't know if this is the this may be, i don't know if this is the company or maybe there's a different company i'm sorry i'm not sure uh but we have to see i will just check to see what kind of, what sdks they support but maybe that is the company let me go back here no it's powersync.co so that might be a different company uh so in the api reference i only i'm only seeing dart but i have a feeling it actually let's go to faqs search for sdk um polling or real time sync okay I've query supported. Oh, that's interesting. GraphQL is currently not supported. REST API is required for use. Okay, so we are, you know, we are REST uh, Mongo-ish shop. 
but no not exactly because we are also you know we have some graph stuff and more graph coming not uh, it's, it's it's in the horizon um, so it, this this will not be the direct fit for us with the current architecture uh, but as we build more microservices where we end up using like SQL uh, with REST, right? Probably we'll start with REST as well when we do the SQL micro, uh, based microservices. This could be candid. I can see how it can be actually tricky to do uh, integrate the graph, but it uh, probably is a matter of time because a lot of these companies may have to do the catching up to, to doing with graph. But I'm, I'm more interested in the other SDKs. So I'm only seeing that so i need to find out what that what i what that actually means but hopefully this is like a good you know just a quick introduction and how quick it is i have no idea how long this video has been but hopefully it helps you uh definitely do check it out and tell me uh what you think right while we start learning about this as well thanks